Hey, this is Mr. Anderson Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. Yo, monkey, it's me, D. D.P., the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. Bang! New two out of three falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And I'm joined by Mr. Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at Russell Rant. No Mark Raimondi today. He's on a assignment, so it's just me and Graham like the good old days. Graham, my man, how you doing? What's going on, Randy? It does feel like the good old days here on <laughs> Two Out of Three Falls podcast. But not to say that Mark's edition of the show is not good. Always appreciate having Mark's commentary. He will be missed on today's show. We are flying solo, which is always fun as well. Yeah, Mark Mark became the third man like like Hulk Hogan at Bash at the Beach. <laughs> um, He's gonna, but yeah. that's, when the, that's when the show skyrocketed, like in WCW. Hopefully it doesn't go downhill like uh, WCW <laughs> did as well. Again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can also follow Mark Ramon from MMAfighting.com also does great work for SB Nation and Cage Side Seats at Mark underscore uh, Remondi. Um, so Graham, you know, not really much to talk about. Uh, we got the greatest Royal Rumble event coming up this Friday. Uh, we'll get to that. Brock Lesnar has a new contract. Um, couple things on Raw SmackDown you, you might want to bring up. But I did want to bring up a new segment that, uh, which I don't have a name for. I guess me, you, and Mark, and the fans will have to let me know what they, um, you know, give me some creative ideas. But basically, you know, for those who who hear the show and and love the show and support the show, I'm a big fan of talking about anniversaries for wrestling pay-per-views and matches and stuff like that. 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, stuff like that. So, you know, anytime I want to bring that up, uh, I'm looking for a cool name. So those who hear this podcast, you can tweet me at Randy J. Cruz or Graham or Mark at WrestleRant at Mark underscore Remondi or all of us at the same time and give us a creative name for the segment that we just kind of, you know, take a look back at some uh, anniversaries for wrestling events, pay-per-views and matches because today makes the 20th anniversary of Unforgiven 1998. It was still under the In Your House brand uh, before In Your House start, stopped back in uh, 1999. So Unforgiven 98 makes 20 years, Graham. So I'm not even sure you were born yet, but um, 20 years, I was, uh, I think, 14, 15, no, not even, 15 years old. Still in high school, and what I remember most from Unforgiven '98. Hopefully, you guys have seen it on, on the network or, or live. Um, it was the first Inferno match. 
It was the first evening gown match. And uh, I think it was a very underrated rivalry between Stone Cold and Dude Love. They had a back and forth for a couple of months for the WWF title. And it was the first pay-per-view to exclusively use the Scratch logo that, you know, after the, 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 the yellow and blue one, they came this Scratch gray and, yellow, uh, and red logo, uh, basically the logo for the Attitude Era. So this one was the first pay-per-view to exclusively use this logo all over promotion. So uh, before we get to the card, uh, Graham, do you remember anything about Unforgiven 1998? Have you seen it? Have you seen it in a while or anything that stands out for you from this pay-per-view? I do remember parts of the show. I have gone back and seen it. I think I watched it. Uh, maybe a few years back, maybe two or three years ago. Um, it's not one of those pay-per-views that I think has much lasting value, if that's the right word, retail or replay value maybe might be the right word for it. Um, just looking at the card real quick right here. I mean, like you said, it does have the first ever Inferno match, which is historic in its own right. But beyond that, Dude Love versus Steve Austin for the WWE Championship. There was a nice angle there with McMahon and Dude Love and Steve Austin over the title. But it wasn't the most memorable show, especially from 98. And I'm not the biggest Attitude Era fan. I've made that very well known here on the show before. But I think it's not – I mean, there are better shows from 98. This is not among them. It was not a bad show by any means. But overall, it was fairly solid. You have a pretty rare card here with Undertaker versus Kane. Like I said, Dude Love and, and Stone Cold. You have Triple H and Owen Hart for the European Championship. You can't go wrong with that. Um, so overall, solid show. I have seen it. Remem- remember very little from it, though. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, the 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 pay per view after WrestleMania 14. Stone Cold became the champion, uh, defeating Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. So it was beginning of the the whole Stone Cold era, and his first um, rivalry. You, you know, you could say it was with Dude Love, of all people, uh, from their roster. But I felt it was a very underrated rivalry between him and Dude Love. I think it went on for about two months. They had they had a, um, a match a month later at Over the Edge, which is another um, dope match for those who haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, man, 20 years, first Inferno match, I think, with Kane and The Undertaker progressing their rivalry it was like okay what else can we do you know take your bk at wrestlemania 14 and the care prolonging i think until well into the latter part of 1998 and the inferno match for those who've never seen an, an inferno match or, or or whatever it's a bunch of fire around the ring and you know the first person to set their opponent on fire wins and i thought it, it was a very creative match I thought it was a very good match. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of hot spots, you know, no pun intended. But uh, overall, great match. Uh, the first evening gown match with Sable and Luna Vachon. I'm trying to pull up the actual card right now as we speak. Um, so yeah, Taker, Taker and Kane Inferno match. Um, Dude love Stone Cold for the WWF title. We had Luna Vachon and Sable in an evening gown match. You know, uh, you know. Before I go further, Grant, these are two matches that you probably won't see in today's wrestling. You probably won't see an Inferno match. And I know for a fact you will not see 
and, and, and an evening gown match in today's wrestling? I mean, for better or for worse, obviously the evening gown, the bras and panties matches, <laughs> obviously for the male fans, a guilty pleasure. Then again, though, I mean, it goes without saying that stuff was a complete disgrace to the women. They were terrible matches. It wasn't it wasn't as if they were any good. They were usually awful. Uh, this one being no exception. But I mean, still, they will hold a very special place in many of our hearts just for nostalgic purposes. The Inferno match. I mean, I could see them bringing that back at some point. We did see it, they didn't call it an Inferno match for whatever reason, but they did call it a Ring of Fire match when they brought it back five years ago for SummerSlam. It was Kane versus the uh, debuting Bray Wyatt, which the match was no really? good. I'm not surprised they haven't brought it back since. Um, it, it was an, a variation of the Inferno match uh, uh-huh. from what we've known in years past, this being one of them. It was... Honestly, it was a spectacle. It was never really a great match. I I don't know of one great Inferno match because the stipulation (laughs) was kind of stupid. But they are a spectacle to see someone get lit up on fire. So that is always fun to see nonetheless. Uh, I mean, Graham, at that time, it was it was creative. It was it was innovative. It was a holy shit inferno match. You put this person on fire, and you know when they go for the choke slam, and the guy controlling the fire on the outside put the flames up higher. You know, just just for the visual, um, it was something different twenty years ago. Again, if we ever get to see one, typically a guy like Kane or Taker or Bray Wyatt or something of that. Uh, you know, character genre would have to be in that kind of match. Um, also on the card, we had the New Age Outlaws against LOD 2000, you know, for the tag titles. I don't remember much from that match. You know, LOD 2000 just doesn't even sound right. Um, the, new Mid- the New Midnight Express against the Rock and Roll Express, you know, we can skip over that. Triple H, Owen Hart, as you mentioned, for the European title, Triple H won that. You know, because Triple H and uh, Farouk, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman defeated the nation. The Rock was the leader of the nation um, at that point. Um, Seven matches. Again, this is not like, oh, shit, WrestleMania type of of card. But, you know, a card with a lot of uh, first, like I mentioned, Inferno match, Evening Gown match, new scratch logo. The first, uh, you know. Uh, pay-per-view in the official Attitude Era, unless you want to count WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold the Champion, and and, and all that good stuff. And still, it was still under the In Your House umbrella. In Your House became defunct, I think, back in 1999. Backlash, April, if my my memory is good. So um, just wanted to give you guys insight on that. So if you haven't seen it, it's on the network. Go ahead, check it out. Again, it's not like a top five pay-per-view of all time. But it was a first to many things that you probably see now or don't see anymore um, in the WWE. So, Graham, um, we have this pay-per-view coming up called the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Um, Are you, for what you've been seeing SmackDown and Raw, are you even hype for this pay-per-view? And I ask you because when they mention it, they just tell you, hey, check out the Saudi Arabia Royal Rumble on the network. It's just like infomercial at the infomercial and a commercial. But what you see in the ring and, and storyline-wise, it, it it doesn't get you like amped up for this big event, even though they're hyping it up to be this big event. Are you even excited or hyped up for the greatest Royal Rumble? 
I mean, I am looking forward to it. I mean, I think a lot of these matches have potential. Um, the weird thing, like you said, Randy, the hype for this show has been through the roof. Not in terms of fan anticipation, but like the way the company has been advertising this event has right. been just unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it's good they're hyping up the show. But I was speaking to you be off the air beforehand, and I feel like they hyped up the greatest Royal Rumble on Monday more than they did back or, uh, WrestleMania on the go-home show for WrestleMania a few weeks back. That's how big they're trying to make this show. Um, and it could end up being a better show than WrestleMania. I mean, I think mm. it's going to be hard to talk. I thought WrestleMania was a pretty good show. Um, this one doesn't have the same build-up or the same storylines. Like, there's a lot of matches happening on the show for the sake of happening, just for the sake of filling out the show. Like, you have John Cena and Triple H happening for no storyline reason whatsoever, Undertaker and Rusev in a casket match. It doesn't get any more random than that. Mm -hmm. um, though I think it can be a good show between AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura Part 2 for the WWE Championship. You have a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship between Samoa Joe, Rollins, Miz, and Balor. That could be a lot of fun as well. So I think all things considered. And also you have the 50-man Rumble, which it's kind of silly. They're only really competing for a trophy unless they add something at the last minute, which would you know make this more meaningful. From what I understand, they're not competing for a future title shot, which to me is stupid. Yeah. But anyway, a Rumble match is a Rumble match. I'm sure they'll feature some surprises. I know Rey Mysterio is rumored. The Great Khali might be in it. So it, it, it's going to be a spectacle nonetheless. And wherever they are, it doesn't matter whether they're in the UK or in Canada, anywhere outside of the norm for WWE, wherever they hold the show, which is like why Beast in the East was such a cool event a few years back because it was something different. So the atmosphere should be cool. I'm looking forward to it from that respect. I'm not looking forward to another five-hour show. I'm not mm -hmm. really interested in sitting down to watch another fucking five-hour <laughs> pay-per-view from these people. feels yeah. like WrestleMania, especially three weeks remain, uh, three weeks removed from WrestleMania. If, if WrestleMania was six months ago, okay, I get it, but it's like we just had a five-hour, six-hour show with WrestleMania. But nonetheless, uh, it should be a solid show, all things considered. Yeah, and plus the fact, you know, of what, a week, week and a half after this, you have Backlash. So it's a lot of, um, you know, back and forth pay-per-views. I agree that they're hyping this up to be like WrestleMania-esque or even bigger than WrestleMania 34. Um, you know, just to play advocate here, are you, as a fan, kind of a little disappointed that, you know, why would they do a pay-per-view in a country that would not allow the women to partic to participate where you have 10 matches and it's just guys. You know, you want to see your bank, your Sasha Banks, your Charlie, your Oscar, your Rousey, all that and so forth. But um, why would they even do this uh, pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia if, if the girls can't can't participate? I mean, is it hypocritical that they're going to a, they're going to a country to do a show? After doing that entire women empowerment, that whole mm -hmm. women evolution special on the network, it absolutely is. I mean, there's no, there's no if and buts or about it uh, about this whole situation. But um, I mean, I guess Triple H has gone on record in interviews in the last couple of days, saying that it's gonna be, it's gonna be worth it. They're gonna break into a new market. Hopefully, the culture will change. But for right now, we don't have to agree with it to do a show there. Which I don't know. I mean, I feel like. I understand where he's coming from. Just the timing could not be any more odd. I mean, again, if this happened five years ago, I would almost kind of get it. But they're literally coming off the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Like the women's movement in this company 
has never been bigger. Yet they're going to a country that does not allow women on their shows. So I don't know. I feel like the whole timing of it is very, very odd. Um, but if they do it to break into a new market, if they're going to make more money from this in the end and they will change their ways at some point, then maybe it will end up being worth it. But I did find it very ironic that during a 10-woman tag team match Mm. in the main event of this week's Raw, you have an infomercial. During the match itself, not even during the commercial, but a fucking infomercial for the entire event during a women's match in the main event of your flagship show. It's like it doesn't get any more ironic than that. Um, But, yeah, it is kind of bothersome. I would love for them to be a part of the show. Unfortunately, they are not. Um, But we'll see how this impacts their their business model if they break into Saudi Arabia more in the future. I really have no idea, but I will agree that it does send the wrong message to an extent. I think it's kind of funny how they promote in this 50 man Royal Rumble and they only they only show 20 guys on the on the on the fucking screen. I mean, not even. I think they. I think they showed what, like ten, fifteen people. It's like <laughs> who else is coming? Can, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like the people that are going to be in it. Like it's going to be the fucking revival and Mike Kanellis mm. and all these other losers. Why not just show them on the advertisement? I know they were showing all the bigger stars, but you could still show the rest of the roster that you know is going to be a part of it. So I, I did find that to be a little weird. Even on like dot com, if you look up the visual, the match graphic for the fifty men rumble, it's like ten or fifteen guys, but. Yet it's the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. It is the largest Rumble match in history. So that that is a little weird, but I guess we'll see uh, who's going to be a part of it. But like I said, we already kind of know it. You, it's, it's very likely going to be a lot of mid-carders, a lot of undercard competitors from both Raw and SmackDown. Maybe an NXT guy here or there. I feel like you would have heard about that if they're flying over to Saudi Arabia. Kind of hard to keep something like that quiet. But like I said, I think they are bringing in Rey Mysterio and the Great Kali for whatever that's worth. I would love to see Ray Ray again. Kali does not interest me at all. Whatever. Um, yeah, I did find that a little weird as well, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I did find it weird that out of all the names that they could have called this event, they just had to keep a generic. Oh, it's the greatest Royal Rumble. Like you could have called this the fucking King of the Ring. This is the the, the 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 most easiest spot to call it the King of the Ring or mm-hmm. something else, but the greatest Royal the greatest Royal Rumble, and then you have fifty men compete, and the winner gets a, a a fucking trophy, and not even like hey, like a title shot or something like that. It just I have no idea what the winner's gonna get. If they go in there and get a, a fucking trophy, then they, that that's really a waste. It really is. I mean, you build up the show to be like one of the biggest shows of the entire year with one of the most really historic matches they've ever done because like it or not, they've never done a 50-man rumble before. So this is a a history-making matchup and the winner's going to win a fucking trophy. Like, who gives a shit? I know people are going to (laughs) watch it no matter what, but like, what's my incentive for taking five hours out of my day to watch this fucking show, if nothing's going to matter. I mean, I, I feel like a few titles are going to change hands. That's pretty obvious. But in terms of the Rumble match, why should I care? And it's not even that big of a deal. Just say, even if it was like an intercontinental title shot mm-hmm. or the United States Championship, right. like what's the harm in that? I don't I don't understand why, why they just won't do something so simple. Just give people the... Like, why would anyone on the roster, logically speaking want to win a 50-man rumble if there's nothing at stake who gives a shit i mean why would anyone want to why would anyone want to go through the the trouble of competing in a 50-man rumble 
If there's nothing at stake, it just seems silly to me. Like you said, I feel like this would have been, would have been a great opportunity to bring back the King of the Ring. I know they want to sell people on the greatest Royal Rumble thing, and the Rumble match is always a draw. Yeah. I understand that. And they already said the King of the Ring is coming back at some point. I'm not sure when. Mm. Um, but this would have been a great time to do a one-night King of the Ring tournament in, in Saudi Arabia, of all places, where it feels like would have been a very fitting place to crown a new king of the WWE. Um, but, exactly. yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could always change it at the last second. But as of right now, it looks like they're getting a fucking trophy, and I could not give two shits. Well, Graham, we have ten matches on the card. Um, again, Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And our third man, Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. So, greatest Royal Rumble happening 12 p.m. Eastern. I will probably have to catch this later on um, in the day or at night. Doing a whole bunch of stuff during the day, so uh, I know you probably be busy, or you or you probably be at school watching the, the 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 event on your phone, right? I might be. I'll either be at school or I'll be work, and I will not be able uh, to. I might watch the first hour live, but it does bother me that it's five hours oh, just because it, I have to go back and watch it, and like later on. I mean, I don't have to, but I do review the show, so. If you want to stay up to date, you got to watch the whole show. Maybe I'll. It, 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 maybe if they have a lot of like infomercials, I'll be able to skip around some shit. So there is some benefit to not watching it live. Right. But Infinity War also comes out on Friday, so Friday is going to be a big day. But uh, wow. yeah, I, I might catch the first hour. Beyond that, I don't think I'll be watching Roman Reigns winning the belt live on uh, on Friday afternoon. Yeah, man. We got the NFL draft today. We got the Royal, the greatest Royal Rumble uh, on Friday. Infinity War on Friday, so it's a very busy week for a lot of fans. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so Cedric Alexander, Callisto for the cruiserweight title. Who do we? Who do you have? It's got to be Cedric. Right. I mean, Callisto just won a, uh, a gauntlet on Tuesday's show, and I think that's only temporary. Buddy Murphy's always been the number one contender. He has been since before WrestleMania. They did some storyline where he couldn't make weight, and I believe that was because. He had some sort of visa issue or something along those lines. So Kalisto is merely uh, uh, a, a roadblock for Alexander at the moment. So obviously, I think Alexander wins here. All right, uh, I will go with Cedric as well. He just he just won an, he just won the belt at WrestleMania. I don't see him losing to Kalisto uh, right away. Uh, what else we got here? All right, Jeff Hardy, Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship. I'm gonna go with Jeff Hardy. He just won the fucking belt last week. Uh, who do you got? You know, I was thinking about this and going into the show maybe like a week ago when they first announced the match. I'm thinking, okay, it's a shoe in that Jeff's going to win. Why would they change the belt back and forth so quickly? But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. It depends what what goes on first. Either this or the latter match. Because if Jinder Mahal wins this, then you know the IC title is changing hands and going to SmackDown. But... I just don't see the need of having the belts switch shows again. First of all, Jinder as U.S. champion is a terrible idea because just the guy is just not that good. I know they see a lot in him, and he's better at the mid-card role than he is in as a main event competitor. Mm-hmm. But I think Jeff is a much, much better fit for that belt right now over on the SmackDown show. Jinder can do his own thing on Raw. It does make me worrisome that Jinder is winning after he lost to Gable on Raw. So maybe Jinder wins here. And then he defends against Gable next week as Gable beat him on Monday. But then what the fuck happens with Hardy? 
because Orton's still getting a title shot at Backlash. Right. So that's a whole confusing thing. And then we'll talk about the IC title match later on. But if, like, Joe wins that, does Miz and Rollins become a three-way with Joe? And then what happens with Joe and Roman? So it's, again, it's a fucking clusterfuck right now, the whole yeah. superstar shakeup. A lot of these match results are pretty obvious because a lot of these people are on different shows. I hope they don't take the route of having Jinder regain the gold and putting the IC belt on SmackDown because it's, it's just not worth the hassle. Um, but I would keep the belt on Jeff, and he is my pick to win. Yeah, because, you know, like you said, a, a lot of these matches have champions that just recently won the belt. And I don't think the, the title is going to change hands so quick. Like, next, the, the next match, the, the Bludgeon Brothers against the Usos. I think the Bludgeon Brothers just won the, the, the belts at WrestleMania. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't see them losing the belts to, to the Usos on Friday. I mean, I, I go, I, I'll go with them. I'm not sure if you go with the Usos. What do you what do you think? I mean, I guess they could hot shots the belt. They they could hot shot the belts if they wanted to, mm. but they're really pushing the Bludgeon Brothers right now. I think having them lose so early into their title reign would kind of do not a ton of damage, but a decent amount of damage because they don't need to lose. They, they they got their comeuppance on Tuesday's show and they got distracted by Naomi. I think Jimmy Uso beat Rowan. I think one on one. So they got the revenge for right now. They don't need to win the belts. I think that was merely done to give fans the idea that, okay, they might win at the show on Friday. I don't think they will. I don't think they should. I love the Usos, but uh, I think you could stretch the feud out a little longer. Having them regain the gold right off the bat, literally two weeks after they drop the belts, would be premature. So I think Harper and Rowan retain here as they should, and hopefully they move on to face either Sanity or The New Day going into the next show. Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy against Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw, the vacant Raw Tag Team titles. Even though Cesaro and Sheamus are now on SmackDown, obviously, this will let let for me to believe Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy will become the new tag champions for Raw. I will go with Bray and Matt. Who do you got? I mean, of course. I mean, I think this is easily obvious. the most obvious match in the entire show. You can't have a SmackDown team win the Raw <laughs> Tag Team titles. It just makes absolutely no sense. I'm not exactly. sure if that was a last-minute decision to put Cesaro and Sheamus on SmackDown. Knowing this company, it probably was, and they didn't really think this one out. If it's predictable, it's predictable. It's not that big of a deal. Matt and Even if the bar were on Raw, Matt and Bray were my pick to win the entire time because they just started teaming. They are over. Bray is much better in a tag team with Matt right now than he was feuding against Matt, and it gives them it gives them some direction and a bunch of fresh teams to work with coming out of this show. So even if the bar were not on SmackDown, I still would have said Matt and Bray should win, and now that they are on SmackDown, I still will say that Matt and Bray will win. We got a four-way for the Intercontinental title. Um, champion Seth Rollins against Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, The Miz. The Miz and Samoa Joe are now on SmackDown. The IC title is on Raw now. U.S. title is on SmackDown, so that leaves me to believe Seth or Finn Balor will win, but I think Seth will retain the Intercontinental Championship. Who do you got? Again, like I said earlier, I think if Jinder wins, that we could see Joe or Miz take the belt back to SmackDown. Not really something I want to see. Right. I mean, Miz versus Brian over the Intercontinental Championship would, in a way, be cool because they kind of they even mentioned it on Tuesday's show that it was the same belt that Brian had to vacate because of his retirement three years ago. The same mm. belt that Miz has made relevant in the time since Brian's been gone. So it would make sense from that respect. 
uh, from that point of view. But I don't know. Been there, done that with Miz. I think it's time for him to move on. Brian and Miz is a fun feud on its own. It does not need the IC title. Joe is IC champion would be cool. But again, it goes back to what I was saying before. You know Roman's winning in the main event. We'll talk more about that soon enough. But so if Joe wins, does that make his match with Roman a backlash uh, champion for a champion match? Or like, what the fuck happens there? I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to even think about that. So I think the belt stays on Raw. You could put it on Balor. But again, Miz and Balor, or Miz and Rollins rather, is already advertised for the backlash show. Putting the belt on Balor would mean another three-way between Miz, Balor, and Rollins at the next pay-per-view, which you just don't need to do. So I think Rollins retains here. He just won the championship. He's been doing really well with it. No need to uh, end a good thing soon after it started. Yeah, I think one, like you mentioned, the Miz and Daniel Bryan can easily be a rivalry that is for the main the main title. I think you know Miz is far beyond the Intercontinental title. I think Daniel Bryan will be in the world title picture down down the road. Um, I don't need to see the Miz a, a nine-time Intercontinental champion. Um, then also the fact that, you know, with the Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns fiasco where, you know, we, we're going to get to that Roman-Brock match in a second. But let's say hypothetically Roman Reigns wins the, the belt. Then he then he's gonna he's gonna have to defend the belt against Samoa Joe at Backlash, and knowing that Roman's on Raw and Joe's on SmackDown, it gives you the indication that you already know the outcome before the match even you know goes off. Exactly, this whole show I think was thrown together just to appease the crowd in Saudi Arabia because none of this makes any sense at all. This is the, these are the issues you run into when you do a draft halfway between fucking WrestleMania and a show at the end of the month, and then backlash in early May. It just fucks everything up, and it makes some of the matches either confusing or very predictable or both. So, yeah, they, they've run into a lot of uh, booking issues with both this show and backlash. I just can't wait for these shows to be over just so we can get to the regular Raw and SmackDown rosters. Yeah, because that that's pretty much their fault, because if you did if you did the Superstar shakeup the night after WrestleMania, then you wouldn't have to run you know, into these problems where you 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 start to set up different matches and different rivalries the night after Mania, and then the following week you have a, a superstar shakeup. For example, uh, Roman and Samoa Joe had the little spat the night after Mania, and then they say, "Oh, there's a match at Backlash," and then the following week, oh, superstar shakeup. Now Samoa Joe's on SmackDown, so it was like, it, it, I think it'd be best. That you do the, the the superstar shake up the night after Mania and do it a whole lot better, not just have them them fucking walk out and be like, oh wow, this guy is here, he must be on SmackDown now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know we had the show with you uh, with you and Mark last week, and and I say, you know, SmackDown got the better roster, and I thought it was okay, but looking back on it, I'm like, why are they so lazy to not even do like a little draft or some, you know, at least the first five picks. They go back and forth, and there's a reason why this guy is on this program, and and this this girl is on is is on this show, and for two straight years they haven't done that. 
Yeah, no, we talked about it last week, like you said. I ranted about it last year here on the show as well, where it, it's really bothered me. I enjoyed the old draft concept where they would play like da 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 down and like someone yeah. would like walk on the stage. It was cool in retrospect. It was really stupid to have like your packs to have your picks randomized. And what sport would draft picks be randomized and not like actually drafted? If they really want to be a sport like the NFL or any other sport, exactly. they would do it the right way. They would do fucking draft picks like you just did, like you just said, and trades and stuff like that. They never really do trades. I mean, they they do trades, but they don't really outright say it. They don't mm. really do formal trades. It's really just implied, which is weird. Like, you know, they, they had even made mention, like they acknowledged some stuff like, oh, the Miz is going to SmackDown because Daniel Bryan said something to Paige about keeping you know, Bryan on SmackDown and bringing Miz over there so they could feud. Okay. So who is Raw getting in return? That's what I would love to know. Did they really trade Samoa Joe to SmackDown for fucking Jinder Mahal? And if so, Kurt Angle's a fucking idiot. One of the worst <laughs> GMs in history if he's trading Mike Kanellis for um for, for Samoa Joe. It's like what what a what a trade that is. What a what a moron. What is he trading the Ascension for uh, for the bar? I mean, come on, that's terrible trading skills right there. So yeah. in, even if they are doing stuff like that, we need to see behind the scenes. They, they can still stretch it out over the course of two days. But, yeah, like you said, having someone to show up, hey, I'm on Raw now. Okay, why? Why are you on Raw? What 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 was the what was the thought process beyond right. creative just throwing a fucking dart on the wall and saying, oh, the Riot Squad's on Raw. That's our random draft pick. So, I don't know. It does bother me, too. They did it a bit better, a bit better of a job doing it this year in explaining some of the picks and why certain titles are on each show, whatever. But – with most things in this company, they do not flesh things out. They don't explain things. They just accept. They just expect you to accept it and just be quiet. So, unfortunately, that's the WWE way of handling things. Yeah, basically, um, we have John Cena against Triple H at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Like this is WrestleMania 22. Um, who do you have? <laughs> it's got to be. Um I'm going to say John Cena. I mean, the guy's been down on his luck recently. He's lost the last six pay-per-views, mm. including a WrestleMania. Maybe not including WrestleMania. I think including WrestleMania. And broke up with uh, Nikki Bella. This is only a couple days before his wedding was supposed to take place in uh, Mexico. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's got to be feeling down on his luck to celebrate a birthday by himself. He's 41 years old now. So, realistically, Triple H should win, but John Cena will probably win. Um. It don't really matter to me who wins. I think John Cena would would win. Uh, I don't see a reason why. But you mentioned his losing streak at on um, pay per views. Uh, I will go with Mister John, the forty one year old John Cena. Um, Undertaker, who is not forty one. Undertaker, Rusev in a casket match. We went from Taker to Rusev to Jericho Taker to Taker Rusev finally being official. Um, I will go with the Undertaker in this match. Uh, I'm surprised he's even on this card. Um, who do you have, Taker or Rusev? I mean, I can't say I'm. I, I can't say I'm too shocked at this show. It's really part-time mania with this greatest <laughs> Royal Rumble show. They literally have every fucking part-timer under contract on this show. Like no joke. I think Kane had to pull out, but he was originally advertised. They're bringing out John Cena, Triple H, the Undertaker. Kurt Angle's wrestling. Daniel Bryan's back in the ring. Shane McMahon is in the Rumble. I think I already mentioned Chris Jericho. Pretty much everybody. Shane McMahon, every, everyone you could possibly imagine is on this show because uh, they want to make it as big of a spectacle as possible. This this show might have some more star power at the end of the day 
than WrestleMania. And maybe it might not be on the same level because Ronda Rousey's not on the show. But other than that, mm -hmm. excluding the women, this show has a lot of star power. But yeah, with this match, Taker's going to win. I mean, it's quite obvious. I love Rusev. I don't know what's going on here where they changed it like 20,000 times. It's a good spot for him to be in, even though you know he's losing. But he's still facing The Undertaker at the end of the day. I mean, it's, he can't really get much lower where he is right now. I mean, Rusev, he's been in the, he's been in the main event of SmackDown a few times recently. But you know they have no idea or no desire to push him anytime soon. So it's a decent little spot for him to be in. He's going to go down. He's going to get buried literally by The Undertaker. But whatever. It's uh, he, he could be doing worse things on this show. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of firepower, a lot of star power for a fucking trophy, Graham. A trophy. A trophy, a wonderful, prestigious trophy that'll yeah. earn you a match on WWE superstars the next night. I don't know, but uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of nothing for uh, just a whole lot of hard work for a whole lot of nothing. Um, who else we got in this car? We have um, okay, the greatest Royal Rumble match, a fifty-man Royal Rumble match. Uh, I'm not even sure who's in this match, uh, even even though they tell me now. Daniel Bryan, Big Show, Braun Strowman, Kurt Angle, Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neil, Elias, Goldust, Mojo Rawley, Dolph, Baron Corbin, Chad Gable, Big E, Kofi, Xavier Woods, uh, Shelton, Sin Cara, Y2J, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane, Orton, Mysterio, Great Khali, Mark Henry. That's, that is not 50. Uh, I think that's about 25. But, I mean, I think we can narrow it down to what? Daniel Bryan... Um, uh, I mean, I don't know, Braun Strowman. I mean, who do you have winning this Royal Rumble match? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, this one's tough. I mean, like I said, who cares? Because they win a trophy, so it's not like it matters anyway. Um, But, yeah, you even mentioned who else is in this thing. Mark Henry. The guy yeah. literally came out a month ago and said that he was retired. But they pulled him out of retirement. Because they want to make this show as big as possible. They're, pull they're pulling the retired Mark Henry out, literally a month removed from his retirement, to come back in the ring to wrestle in a rumble that he's not going to win, which is a little stupid. But anyway, um, in, a, in a perfect world, I would either have Braun win, because the guy's been directionless for months. I mean, not like that would change anything, because this, this match is for nothing. But it would not be the worst thing in the world. It'd be a nice moment for him. So I would either give Braun the win, or Daniel Bryan. I don't think Bryan's going to win just because he's in a current program with uh, Big Cass. Yeah. So to go from winning this huge rumble to go to feuding with Big Cass is, uh, I don't know, there's a bit of a disconnect there. And especially Big Cass wins one of their matches. So um, I don't think Daniel Bryan will win. There's really no one else that makes as much sense. I would say Samoa Joe, but he's already in the IC title match unless he reemerges, which I don't think he will. Right. Um, it Again, it doesn't matter, but if I had to take a pick, I'd, I'd say Braun Strowman. Um, yeah, I think, I think Daniel Bryan or Braun Strowman, unless Big Cass wants to interfere and make Daniel Bryan lose, that could happen. But again, doesn't really matter to me because if they're not getting a title shot or something down the road, then, you know, then what's the, then what's the purpose? Um, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE title. Hmm. I mean, it, it could go either way, but I think I still think AJ gets the win. Um, 
who do you have? AJ or Nakamura? Uh, does Nakamura have like a more than fifty percent chance of walking out with the with the title? I mean, he has a decent chance. They've been building him up very, very well. Um, yeah. He's been protected well. He got the attack in at WrestleMania. He attacked AJ again this week. The thing is, is that I think Nakamura has to win the championship at some point. It doesn't have to be on this show. I mean, I could see them changing the championship and then doing a rematch of Backlash because AJ has his obligated rematch. Um, I'm going to say AJ retains. I could certainly see Nakamura winning. Because, like I said, he's been killing it recently. And I will even say this as well as a, not really a hot take. I think other people will agree with me based off what I saw on Twitter on Tuesday. But Nakamura's new heel theme is awesome. It is fantastic. It does not allow people to sing along with the song, which is great because he's a heel. You should not be allowed to sing along with the song. It sounds super badass. So it's going to be cool to hear that again on, a, on Friday's show. But I do think AJ will retain just because... Nakamura has gotten the better of him at every single turn for the past three weeks. So booking 101 says that um, AJ will retain just barely by like wearing a cup or something. If Nakamura goes for the low blow, that's got to be the payoff at some point. Um, but either way, I do think AJ walks out of Saudi Arabia, still the WWE champion. Yeah, I mean, I was waiting for some people on Twitter to be like, oh, my God, why would they change Nakamura's music? Oh, I can't sing along with this. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, this and that. But I think for the for majority, for the most part, a, a lot of people tend to like it. Um, you know, I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't hear a lot of people singing along with it on SmackDown on Tuesday, but um, not a lot of negative feedback from the new music. So I'm assuming everybody likes it now. I think so. I think some people, I mean, there's always going to be a, a portion of people who complain about stuff regardless, but yeah. for those saying that, you know, oh, we can't sing to it anymore and that's why I don't like it. Well, let me tell you, people, you just got worked. You just got worked into a shoot jabroni. That's the whole point. You're not supposed to sing with it. The guy's a heel. He's a heel. You're not supposed to like him. So I don't know why people for in, in that respect would not like the song. It's still the same song. It just has lyrics, and it sounds great. It sounds badass. You had to give him a new theme song. You had to. He's got a new character. Without changing the song too much, they just added lyrics, and it sounds fucking awesome. So I am in full favor of the Nakamura theme song. I think many other people would say the same thing, though. And f the main event for the Universal title, Steel Cage match, Brock Lesnar... Roman Reigns, you know, they're hyping this up to be bigger than, than their own WrestleMania 34 match. Um, Roman did not get the victory at WrestleMania 34. He got busted open. So now we have a steel cage match between these two guys. And there's a bit of it. There's a bit of back and forth of whether Brock will drop the title uh, in Saudi Arabia whether Roman Reigns will become the new universal title uh, champion for the first time, even though people make it out to be he's like a five-time champion of, the, of this of this belt. Um, but still, now, you know, this is like a, a, the day before, and it, I keep seeing they're not really sure which ang which direction they want to go. They might, keep it on, they might keep it on Brock. They might put it on Roman. I know you said many times, why keep the belt on Brock if, it, if he's not going to be here full-time every week and, and all that shit? It, they should put it on Roman Reigns, but do you think that they finally go ahead with putting the belt on on, on Roman Reigns um, on Friday? I think they will. And like I said last week, I think they 
they kind of have to. I mean, it doesn't mean they they need to, but I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, what other point at what other pay per view would you take the belt off of Brock? And honestly, who else would you put it on? Braun Strowman? I know the guy's over, but we've already seen Braun and Brock like a million times. I mean, then again, we've also seen Brock and Roman a bunch of times too. Um, not to be uh, n- no double standards there, but. I don't know. It just makes sense. I mean, Roman getting a rematch at all after being beaten clean as a sheet at WrestleMania to me is still stupid. Heyman tried to explain it in his promo on Monday. Still could not make any sense of it whatsoever. But nonetheless, uh, Roman, I think, has to win here, as I had mentioned, just because Brock, the whole part-time thing. I'm still a Brock fan, but we need a full-time champion on the show again. It hasn't happened in well over a year. Roman, whether you like him or not, at least he's going to be on the show every single week. And the Brock experiment got old like six months ago. So, and they and they they're probably doing it here because they know he's going to be cheered more than he would be in New Orleans or any other city in America. So maybe it's for the better. But Roman's winning, and also too, they want to make this pay per view, this event, whatever you want to call it, as newsworthy and as history making as possible. Well, it, it sends a pretty big statement. The F1 World Championships change hands in Saudi Arabia for the first time ever. I think that's a pretty pretty major statement you're sending there. So that's another reason why I think they'll do it, and I think they have to. Okay, let, let's play advocate real quick. If Brock Lesnar walks out of this event still universal champion, can you give me a reason or two or three of why he would walk out Still a champion and not drop the belt to 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 Reigns. Well, I think number one is to swerve the fans, and that's what this company does a lot of. But just for the sake of swerving us, not because there's you know any real reason behind it, just because you're all marks. LOL, we're gonna surprise you. You weren't expecting this, so LOL. Which I mean, I get. Predictability is not always a bad thing, and in some cases, unpredictability can be a bad thing. I mean, in, in a case like this where you just have Brock win. For the sake of swerving the fans, to me, makes absolutely no sense. Because if it doesn't lead to anything, I, then I don't know why you would do it. Other than that, other than that, I have no real legitimate reason as to why they would have Brock win here. Because it's not like okay, they can have Brock beat Roman and then he's going to drop the belt to X, Y, or Z. Who else? There's no one else on the roster that makes as much sense as Roman Reigns does right now. Again, Braun Strowman is so over. But Braun already got his shot. They're not going to do another match. He got a shot multiple times, and he lost like three times. Braun is not getting another shot as long as Brock is champion. Um, And that's really about it. Bobby Lashley, I think it's a little too soon for that. Um, I I still want to see Brock and Bobby maybe at SummerSlam, but that doesn't need to be a championship match. So um, I don't know. I really do not think there's any real reason why they need to keep the belt on Lesnar just for the sake of swerving fans. That, to me, is just not a good enough reason. It seems like a pretty dumb reason, in my opinion. Uh, just Brock not being around really hurts that championship, so I don't really see any real good reason. Despite whether you like him or not, Roman Reigns, like I said, needs to walk out of the show as the new champ. Yeah, I think Roman wins. He'll defend it against Samoa Joe at Backlash. He'll keep the belt. That's why I'm more inclined to just kind of fantasy book this thing where Seth Rollins loses the IC title in Saudi Arabia in Saudi Arabia and becomes you know the number one contender for for Roman and the universal title because like you said I mean who else can it be at at, at this time I mean aside from the Braun Strowmans and Bobby Lashley and people like that but 
you know, I, you know, it could be Seth, it could be Samoa Joe, or it could be Brock Lesnar still fucking champion. We have no idea. I mean, but like you said, there's no rhyme or reason that that don't make sense that that Reigns does not win the belt. And again, maybe because he'll be more cheered in a different country than he did than the fucking USA a la Bret Hart in you know nineteen ninety seven Canada USA stuff. But I mean, if Roman doesn't win, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it'll be a swerve. But then it's like, like you gotta ask yourself if Brock wins. All right, then who in the world is gonna beat? Brock Lesnar for this title. He beat he beat Strowman, he beat Reigns, he beat Seth Rollins. I mean, who, who else can it be? That's why I think it, it it makes more sense to have Roman win the belt, and then Brock can do his you know one offs here and there, one offs with the UFC, and come back at SummerSlam, whatever. But I think it'll be smart for Roman Reigns to walk out of um, Saudi Arabia as as, as a champion. I think so. I mean, and again, people do not like Roman Reigns for whatever no. reason. I'm not the biggest fan of, of Roman Reigns either, just his booking more so than anything else. Um, but again, at least with Roman, you have a new fresh face on on top, which again, people are like, what do you mean? He's always being shoved down our throats, which again is true. But you got to remember too, the guy was not champion two months ago. He was not champion a year ago. Roman Reigns has not been a world champion in this company since June of 2016. Before the fucking even brand split was brought back, Roman Reigns has not been a champion for. A world champion, that is. So it, he was overdue anyway. It makes sense for him to beat Brock after losing at WrestleMania. Whatever. Hopefully now we can move on from the Roman-Brock experiment, feud, whatever. And then um, we can get some fresh matchups. Like I said, Roman versus maybe Braun again. Roman versus Rollins at some point again. Roman and Bobby would be pretty cool. Roman and Rude. Roman and um, really any other person on the Raw roster, I think it'd be pretty nice. So we'll see. But he is long overdue for a world title run, whether you like it or not. And the time is coming in Saudi Arabia on Friday. It's funny you mentioned that, that he hasn't had a world heavyweight title in almost two years. But the fans make it seem like he's a champion every fucking month. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't been in the main event scene. He's main evented a ton of pay-per-views, but he has not won a world title in two years, people. Like, he's got to win a championship at some point again. So, you know it's going to happen. I know he's still booked like shit more often than not. But, yeah, he has not had he has not held the world title in close to two years. Just not let them get it out of their system because Roman will be a multi-time world champion by the time he is um, done with WWE. But... At this point, just just give him the reign that you know has been building for a while now, and just let's let's move on. I'm I'm sick of Roman and Chase Mo. Just give him the belt, and hopefully we can get some good matches in the main event of the next couple of pay per views uh, throughout the remainder of 2009 or 2018 with Roman as world champ. And what that was um that that Money in the Bank pay per view, right? Um, Correct. Yeah, that was the last time he held it. Yep. Because I'm looking, I'm looking, uh, 2016. Mm, okay, no, no. All right, ne- never mind. Um, yeah, you're right, though. It's that Money in the Bank show. Yeah, yeah lost it to uh, Rollins. Yep. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Um, so, yeah, I think Roman Reigns should be world champion. And then after this this Rumble event, we, we have backlash, like, <laughs> 
the following day. And we have Seth Rollins against The Miz for the Intercontinental title. Reigns against Samoa Joe. We don't know if that's a regular match or for, for the Universal title. Nia Jax against Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title. Carmella against Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's title. And Daniel Bryan against Big Cass in a regular singles match singles match so we got five matches so far for backlash um how how many more matches you think they'll put on backlash like th- three four more so it's five as it is yeah uh yeah probably three or four more at, at least three i mean now with the dual branded pay-per-views um they're gonna they're gonna need more matches to fit most of the top stars on the show and they're probably waiting for the greatest royal rumble to wrap up so they can yeah you know, like AJ Nakamura will very obviously be a backlash. They're not going to skip backlash. So they're just waiting for that match to pass by before announcing a rematch for the backlash pay-per-view. So they'll probably add a few more matches, maybe a match or two in the kickoff show, a cruiserweight title match, and call it a day. I heard they were advertising this. I heard they were advertising this as the greatest backlash. Oh, yeah, the greatest backlash of all time. The, the greatest backlash and the winner of the main event is getting a coveted trophy, oh, that is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Rumble was on Friday. Backlash, I think a week a week and a half after that. Um, hopefully it's not like five hours like it's like a fucking SummerSlam. But it should be very, should be, you know, pretty much interesting. Last point I'll make, um... Uh, two two quick points. Um, anything from Raw or SmackDown that kind of stood out to you? Off the top of my head, not really. I thought Raw was, I thought Raw was okay this week. Um, Gable surprise win was a nice little gem, I guess, on the show that I that I forgot about until just now. That was well done. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's more. Just there's a lot of stuff happening on the show. The Bobby and Braun versus KO and Sammy match and the KO and Sammy show, whatever. I thought those were two great segments. Those were both really entertaining. Um, other than that, Raw was not a bad show. It was just kind of there. Easily the least exciting Raw in the last couple of weeks. But then again, we had, you know, the fucking superstar shakeup and we had the night at the WrestleMania. So, I mean, that was kind of to be expected. Um, they did do a Bruno San Martino tribute at the beginning of the show, which I thought was really, really well done. And they honored him mm-hmm. throughout the remainder of the night with tweets and stuff, which I thought was great. That was the, uh, probably the best part from the entire show. SmackDown, I thought was a better show overall. Again, not the most exciting episode on the whole, but they did further a lot of feuds. It was also a go home show for the greatest Royal Rumble coming up on Friday. Um, but yeah, there was nothing like must see from the entire show. With the exception of, I like Miss TV, but there really was nothing like, oh my God, go out of your way to watch this. It was really just a straightforward mm-hmm. go home show for both Raw and SmackDown this week. Yeah. Does it bother you that they could have had Bobby Lashley be Braun Strowman's partner at WrestleMania for the tag titles and not the kid and, and all that other shit? It does. I mean, I was in the, I was in the minority, maybe um, I guess minority. I'm not really sure where I fall with this, but I thought it was a dumb angle. The whole Nicholas thing was a complete fucking waste. And they could have done the Bob, the, the the Braun and Bobby tag team, give them the belts because they're not doing anything anyway. So why not? And then you can have Braun or probably Bobby turn on, on Braun at some point down the road. And at least Braun gets a championship out of it for more than fucking 24 hours. And Bobby does, too. So, yeah, I would have been uh, very happy. If we got that, 
instead of Braun and Nicholas. And I mean, mm. then again, if we did get that, then we would not be getting Bray and Woken Matt winning the tag team titles very likely, the True. greatest Royal Rumble. So it has its pros and cons. Last point I'll make to you, Graham, before I let you go. Um, Brock Lesnar, new contract, but now you start you start to see little numbers um, you know, come come through online, whether it's true or not. But, you know, the, the innuendo is that Brock Lesnar, you know, shit, I wish I had this contract. He makes over 600000 per match and over 100, 150000 per appearance. So, uh, again, he is re-signed with the company. Uh, we don't know how long, but 600000 per match and 150000 or more per appearance. So, he can go out there with the belt, stand in the ring, have Paul Heyman cut a promo, not say one word, and he collects one hundred fifty grand. Um, have you seen those numbers online surface uh, recently? And w- what do you make of Brock Lesnar's uh, "quote unquote" supposedly new contract? Yeah, I have seen rumors in regards to that. I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not. There's been a lot of hearsay regarding Lesnar's contract in the last uh, couple of weeks since WrestleMania. Whether it's like a short term deal, whether he's here for the next three years, or it's one of those deals, as you had mentioned, where he gets paid per appearance and he's brought in whenever they need him, which honestly I think is a lot better because the whole formula of bringing back Brock every three months because they only have so many dates on his contract, that wore thin a long time ago. I love Brock. The guy's an attraction. I will never argue against that. He's still one of the more special people on the roster, but I think it was time to move on from Brock as a full-time guy. And this means that he'll still be around whenever they need him. So he doesn't need to leave forever. But he could still do UFC when he's not in WWE. So I, I think that's a great win-win situation. Um, but, yeah, to make money just to come in and, and bounce around for like two minutes is a hell of a deal. I think we can all aspire to be where uh, Brock Lesnar is right now in life. Exactly. Um, last question. If, if Brock loses the belt on Friday, when do you think is the earliest you see him in a WWE ring? SummerSlam, no doubt. They won't use him at Backlash because that's the following week, obviously. Uh, Then you have Money in the Bank. I think Extreme Rules in July. And then SummerSlam. So it's got to be SummerSlam. I know he was on the promotional material for the show. Actually, no, he wasn't. He was not on the promotional material. But I would be shocked if he's still under this peer appearance deal and he's not on SummerSlam. So they need to sell as, you know, SummerSlam has been their big blockbuster every year aside from WrestleMania. So they're going to have Brock on the show. I would put him up against Bobby Lashley. That's just me. Um, but yeah, I think the earliest we see Brock Lesnar is SummerSlam after this event. But then again, I thought Ronda Rousey, I thought we wouldn't see her until SummerSlam. And she's been on Raw every week since WrestleMania. So there is a chance I'm wrong there. Yeah, real quick. you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention Rousey when I mentioned Raw. Like, How do you think you know she's saving Natalia now and she's getting into it with um deville and now mickey james and she's now this this protector of natalie we have no idea if nat is going to turn on her but i guess how do you how do you see them portraying uh ronda rousey since wrestlemania because we haven't seen triple h or stephanie since the night after wrestlemania well, yeah, I think it is pretty obvious that she will turn on Rousey at some point, and we'll, we're supposed to act surprised that Natalia turned heel, even though she was never really a babyface to begin with, whatever. Um, but no, I think it's been well done, actually. I think Ronda doing her own thing. I think the way they're using her is great. They're having her work with the more experienced people on the roster. 
which is very, very smart. She looked great at WrestleMania. How good will she look in a one-on-one match remains to be seen. But putting her in the ring with someone like an Natalia or a Mickey James will ensure that they get the best match out of Ronda possible. So Natalia should be the the long-term goal. Maybe not WrestleMania, but I could see them saving that for SummerSlam, if not earlier. Um, Mickey James will be the interim opponent for Rousey. I know they were supposed to be facing off on that tour of Europe coming up in a few weeks, so that's why they set that up. But I guess I could also see them doing that match, maybe not a backlash. It's a little too soon. you got to promote Rousey's first-ever singles match well ahead of time. They could do that you know, for, for Money in the Bank at the earliest, maybe SummerSlam at the latest, probably Money in the Bank, and then save Natalia versus Rousey for SummerSlam. That's what I would do. Um, but yeah, I think the way they've handled her so far is smart. She's getting over. People pop big when she comes out. And I think the whole Stephanie feud, whether people like the authority or not, really got over Rousey as one of the more legitimate athletes on the roster. Because when she first came in, lest we forget, she was getting mixed reactions. People were booing her and cheering her. But now it seems like it's like 80% cheers, if not more than that. So... Um, I'm glad they're keeping the authority off TV and their only purpose was to get over Rousey at WrestleMania. Hopefully that's the last time we see them for the foreseeable future. Well, Graham, I hope you enjoyed the greatest Royal Rumble this Friday. Uh, I know me, you, and Mark will get a chance to review it next week and get into the whole backlash stuff. So I hope you enjoy the four or five hours of the greatest Royal Rumble, whether you're at work or in school. Hopefully it's... it's, uh, I wouldn't say great, but hopefully a, a pretty decent uh, show that can you know further storylines and rivalries and not just give you some bullshit. Uh, but again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. He is the host of the WrestleRant radio show and the featured columnist for Bleacher Report at WrestleRant. Graham, as always, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate your time. As always, enjoy the uh, the most decent Royal Rumble in history on Friday. <laughs> that, that name might be trademarked, but I think that's probably why they went with greatest. But I don't think most decent has a uh, as good of a ring to it. But nonetheless, my man, try not to pass out while watching the show on Friday, and I'll talk to you next week. You know, real quick, it, it, it's funny how you know me and you keep it to right at an, an hour with, with, uh, without Mark. <laughs> pretty much we keep it pretty concise every time we talk alone yeah we but though with mark we do have a lot of uh a lot of good banter and a lot of great conversation yeah. so even if we run a little overtime when it's the three of us exactly. uh the undisputed era or the nwo <laughs> of podcasting shall we say at least it's always good conversation graham always a pleasure man thank you thanks randy catch you down the road all right man take it easy all right you too peace all right